look back uh, and uh, kind of gain the context. And um, what we find is that in chapters 42 and 43, uh, there was a, a remnant that had been left behind in Judah. Uh, they, uh, Judah has been severely judged. Uh, Jerusalem uh, was destroyed. Uh, the temple uh, was cast down. There were uh, just uh, horrible things that happened. Multitudes were were slain in the streets. Um, others were taken captive to the land of Babylon, just a small remnant left behind in the land of Judah. And that remnant came to Jeremiah for prayer and for direction. And uh, God gave, uh, through Jeremiah, a very clear word to that remnant, and that word to them was they were to remain in Judah. And God said that in Judah he would bless them, in Judah he would protect them. He expressed to that remnant that they were not to fear Nebuchadnezzar, uh, that God would just put a, a hedge and a wall and keep them safe from Nebuchadnezzar. And God made it very clear they were not to go into the land of Egypt. And to go into the land of Egypt would be to rebel against God, and to go to Egypt would bring further destruction. And, uh, but as we study uh, the Word of God here, and we went through these chapters that remnant chose to rebel against God. Now, interestingly, they came to Jeremiah. and They said, Jeremiah, would you seek the Lord? And whatever God tells us, we will do. And God gave a clear word. And then they accused Jeremiah of conspiring against them. And so Jeremiah pointed out to them that they had not come with genuine hearts. And find in the context here is they really feared Nebuchadnezzar more than they feared God. And uh, that fear of Nebuchadnezzar caused them to rebel against God, to, to go down to the land of Egypt. Now, we put it out in the midst of this, and it, it's really a revelation that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, and who can know it, and how important it is to submit our hearts to the Word of God and submit our, our hearts to the, to the will of God. And uh, it's, it's just very clear that the will of God for each of our lives is always the best place for us. God's will. It's best for us. Uh, Brother, Brother Don English there, you read to us from Psalm. And, and those that are planted in the house of the Lord. And uh, I preached uh, a message before about the blessing of the Lord. And the blessing of God is, is centered around the place. Uh, and you'll find Abraham. God said, Abraham... Uh, you go to the place that I show thee, and there I will bless thee. And when Abraham arrived in the land of Canaan, there God blessed him. And uh, how many blessings have come in my life as a result of the place, the church, and being planted in church. And, uh, and that blessing of the Lord centers around uh, the promises of God. And uh, when we cling to God's promises and live in those promises, God said to that, that group of people, you remain in the land, and, and I'll bless you. You remain there and I'll be with you. And so God said, stay in this place and I give you a promise there. And then the blessing of God centers around the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of the blessings of our life come through that relationship with the Lord Jesus. And, and so that will of God is, is an umbrella, so to speak, a protection for our lives. And uh, that umbrella, Satan is constantly bombarding our lives and our families. And so to stay in the will of God is uh, so essential, so crucial 
uh, to be in the place of God's blessing. It's uh, foolish to leave God's will in pursuit of protection or to leave God's will in pursuit of blessing or to leave God's will in pursuit of happiness. And How many people uh, have thought that by going to the world and living a life of alcohol or drugs or the party life that they, uh, they would live it up and they would enjoy life, but it led to their destruction and uh, led to their death and uh, led to uh, just damnation and uh, away from God. They, they left the place of God's blessing and uh, made their way out into the world and faced the judgment of God. And that becomes so evident here in this, uh, in this group of people, this remnant that stayed or went to Egypt. Now, this remnant disobeyed God. They, they thought they knew better than God. And how many, how many choices have we made in our life because we thought we knew better than God? And uh, that's always dangerous, isn't it? Um, I think every one of us can look back to things and decisions and choices that we made that if we could go back, we would change them. Uh, and we, we recognize that we maybe left the will of God. And so here this remnant turned to Egypt. Egypt is always a, a picture in the Bible of the world. And they looked to Egypt for protection. Instead, they found destruction. Now, that's kind of the background. That's where we are as we pick up here in chapter 44. Uh, this remnant is now in Egypt. They have rebelled against the will of God. They rebelled against the word of God. They left the place of protection, and now God gives to this remnant a message in the land of Egypt, and that's what chapter 44 is all about. And so in chapter 44, we pick up here at, at verse number 1, and, and verses 1 through 6 is a reminder to them and to this remnant of what they've already experienced, the judgment of God they've already been through in Judah and uh, let's pick up here, verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning the Jews, which dwell in the land of Egypt, which dwell at Migdal, at uh, Tehapanes, and at Noth, and in the country of Pathros, saying, it's so uh, interesting here, uh, how gracious God is. Now think about this, this remnant left God. Now understand, these are God's people, but this remnant disobeyed God, and they went to Egypt, and interestingly, here God is, is still gracious, and he gives them a word. Isn't that amazing? And uh, you'll find this here with, with God's people, is that God, uh, though he chastens and disciplines, uh, the Lord never lets go, and uh, he's still dealing with this remnant. Uh, so God's gracious here to Jeremiah. Uh, God's still using Jeremiah. Now, we saw last week, how Jeremiah is forced into the land of Egypt, not at his own choosing, uh, but he's forced into the land of Egypt uh, by uh, this rebellious group. And so Jeremiah is now in the land of Egypt, but God's still using him. And God came here in verse number one to Jeremiah with a word, and Jeremiah was faithful to his calling. And uh, understand at this point, Jeremiah is at the end of his ministry. Uh, he uh, has had, by this point, 50 a faithful service to the Lord. And uh, at this point, Jeremiah is probably somewhere between 70 and 80 years of age. And so he's, uh, he's an older, older man, has been faithful to God, but still being used of the Lord. And I love, uh, I love older preachers. In fact, uh, when I'm looking forward to Brother Bob Smith, 
who has been faithful, faithful. I think he's probably in his 80s, but many, many years and pastored many, many years. And he's going to kind of be the speaker as we go to to Bella Vista. But just I, I love uh, it, it was such an honor to have Brother Wilkins here uh, with us. For many, many years. And so I, I picture here's Jeremiah. He's at the end of his life. He's faithful to God, and God is still faithful to him. And, and as we mentioned, God is, is also faithful to this remnant that had rebelled against him, uh, but God didn't leave them since Jeremiah to speak to them, to attempt to bring them back to their senses. And uh, isn't the Lord so gracious? And here they've rebelled, but God gives Jeremiah a word, and, and Jeremiah is attempting. Uh, through the word of God, to bring them back to the will of God and to gain, uh, though they, they have rebelled, they're in Egypt, they're going to face the consequences of that. But Jeremiah is still, uh, through, uh, the Lord still through Jeremiah, is still seeking to uh, give this warning and direct them to the, uh, the best that they could at this point. Now, in verse number two, uh, God reminds them of his previous judgment. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, uh, the God of Israel, you have seen all the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem, upon all the cities of Judah. And behold, this day they are a desolation, and no man dwelleth therein. So uh, Jerusalem has been left desolate. We've mentioned the temple uh, has been destroyed and desecrated, and the, um, the implements or the, the items of the temple have been taken now into the land of Babylon, and uh, the cities of Judah have been destroyed. They've witnessed this with their own eyes. And so they've, they've observed that. They've observed God's, uh, God's judgment there. Uh, and that's why they are now in verse number three. Uh, because of their wickedness. Now here's what God said. You've seen, you've witnessed what I did. And why? Because of their wickedness, which they have committed to provoke me to anger. And that they went to burn incense and to serve other gods whom they knew not, neither they nor your fathers. And so God reminds them of his reason for judgment. They had turned to idolatry. Uh, they broke the first commandment. I, I want you to go back to the book of Exodus, uh, if you would, to chapter number 20 with me, Exodus chapter 20. And, uh, and you'll, you're very familiar with the, the commandments here. And uh, in, in Exodus, we'll start here in Exodus chapter 19 because I want you to see uh, background. It's a, a beautiful picture of what we're dealing with here in the book of Jeremiah. And um, in Exodus 19, in verse number 3, Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, Tell the children of Israel, You've seen what I did unto the Egyptians, how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, God said, if you will obey my voice indeed, keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And it shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. In verse 7, And Moses came and called for the elders of the people, and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. Notice this, And all the people answered together, saying, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And so the people committed and said, what God speaks, that will we do. We go to Exodus chapter 20. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, 
which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. God said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy to thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And so God gives a very clear word. They are to uh, worship the Lord. They are to love the Lord. They are to serve the Lord. And uh, the people responded, all that God says we will do. But no sooner had uh, they committed to obeying God than their heart is revealed. And they didn't have the power or the ability because they had sinful hearts that were wayward. And it would go back all the way to the days of Adam. And Adam sinned against God and wherefore by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And so we find there the rebellion uh, of a wicked world that has turned against God. And so the children of Israel have, um, have turned against God. Now go back to Isaiah chapter 44. Uh, that was the first commandment, uh, the commandment uh, to bow to any other gods. But uh, we'll find that Judah over and over broke this commandment. And God always judges idolatry. He deals very severely. And notice what he said again in verse 3, Jeremiah 44, verse 3. Because of their wickedness, this is why I brought judgment, because of the wickedness which they have committed to provoke me to anger, and that they went to burn incense to serve other gods whom they knew not, neither they nor your fathers. And so they have turned to idolatry, and God must judge them. So God reminds them, this is why, uh, judgment came upon Judah. Judah turned to idolatry. And so God uh, then reminds them in verse 4 of his warning through the prophets. In verse number 4, he said, How be it? I send unto you all my servants, the prophets, rising early, sending them, saying, Oh, do not this abominable thing that I hate. Now, notice the word here, uh, abominable. And that word abominable means detestable. That means a stench. God hates idolatry. Uh, God hates, he's uh, the Lord God, he's the one Lord. And you know, the, the whole problem in our world today is really a, a, an idolatry problem. It's a, it's a rejection of God. Uh, the world is very religious, but the world is very idolatrous. And uh, we're going to be dealing in future weeks in the book of Revelation, God's judgment upon Babylon. And Babylon, if you go back into biblical days, becomes the source of, uh, of idolatry and wickedness. And uh, so many false religions, kind of interesting to uh, go to Haiti and see the voodooism of Haiti and then uh, to experience uh, some of the things here in our area uh, on the Pueblos and uh, just various things that you, you deal with. And then uh, to find, uh, as uh, Randy and Naomi are in Cambodia, and they're dealing with Buddhism and, and all of the things there. Religion's religion. It all goes back to Satan. And here uh, Babylon is that source. And now here Judah has rebelled and turned to idolatry. And God is judging. And God says, I gave you many warnings. I sent my servants. I Prophets, they warned, uh, they told of my hatred for idolatry and how it was an abomination to me, a stench to me, uh, but they continued to rebel. And then God reminds them of that rebellion in verse 5. He said, but they hearkened not 
nor incline their ear to turn from their wickedness, to burn no incense unto other gods. They wouldn't listen to God. They wouldn't listen to God's prophets. They would not repent. Uh, They persisted in that rebellion. And so he says in verse 6, Wherefore my fury, my anger was poured forth, was kindled in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, and there wasted and desolate as at this day. And so uh, they could look back, they could see this had already happened. They could see with their own eyes. And God is giving them this reminder that they might avoid further judgment. God is saying, all you've got to do is look to what I did in Judah. And understand why I did that in Judah and don't follow that same practice right here. Isn't it amazing how, how many times I've seen this? I've seen this generation to generation to generation to generation. We have that right here in, in this valley over and over and over. I remember um, a young lady expressing something to the effect. She had seen the effects of alcohol upon her family. And uh, I remember her making the comment, I, boy, I don't want to go that direction. But then I watched as she goes that direction. And uh, just seeing the results, seeing the consequences. And yet, how many times, uh, generation to generation, we've witnessed uh, uh, grandmother uh, ODs, and then uh, daughter ODs, and then granddaughter ODs. And you just see generation to generation to generation. And, uh, and man, so wicked, uh, his heart is rebellious, and all of these examples are given. You know, by the way, the only thing that can break that chain is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he can break that chain, and I've seen him break that chain over and over and over, and uh, what has been doesn't have to be, uh, but that can't happen in your flesh. Your flesh, you can never overcome those chains of familiar uh, family and those chains of destruction. You can't on your own. Uh, You can't. Your heart is desperately wicked. The only thing that can change that is a relationship with Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit of God working in and through you. And God can give deliverance uh, to that. And what God is showing uh, through the nation of Israel is the utter desperate wickedness of the human heart apart from Jesus Christ. And that's why God has to give us a new heart. So we have here that uh, warning, that example that has been given to them. But now... The Lord points out their continued rebellion. And you'll see this in verses 7 through 10. In verse 7, he says, Therefore, looking back, you've seen the destruction. You've seen the judgment. He says, Therefore, because of this, uh, when you see therefore, what is it therefore? And it's because of my previous judgment. He says, Therefore, now, thus saith the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, wherefore, Commit ye this great evil against your souls to cut off from you man and woman, child and suckling out of Judah to leave you none to remain. In other words, God's saying, why do you continue in this same path? You've seen the destruction. Why continue? Say they were not ignorant at all. They were rebellious. And there's a difference between ignorance and rebellion. And so they knew what was right. They had witnessed what was right. So they're not ignorant. They are rebellious. And God says in 1 Samuel 15, 23, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness, iniquity and idolatry. And God said to Saul, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And so here is this generation now in, in Egypt by persisting in rebellion 
there would be very severe consequences to their families uh, and to their children and to uh, future generations and to posterity. Our, our sin uh, affects others, and you can't sin and have, uh, not have an effect upon others. And so verse number 8, he says, And that you provoke me to wrath with the words of your hands, burning incense unto other gods in the land of Egypt, with you begone to dwell, that you might cut yourselves off, that you might be a curse and a reproach among all the nations of the earth. And so uh, because of their persistence in idolatry and in rebellion, they would uh, become a reproach to others. They would cut themselves off from the blessing of God. And uh, again, that rebellion was despite all that they had witnessed. And you'll notice in verse number nine, again, God is, do you see the pleading heart of God? He said, have ye forgotten the wickedness of your fathers and the wickedness of the kings of Judah and the wickedness of their wives and your own wickedness and the wickedness of your wives, which they have committed in the land of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? He says, they are not humbled even unto this day, neither have they feared nor walked in my law nor in my statutes that I said before you and before your fathers. See, they refuse to admit what brought them to their current condition. I give you, give you a statement, and this is worth writing down if, uh, if you want to write this down. Um, I, I cannot learn from my errors if I will not admit that I've erred. Okay, I can't learn from my errors if I not admit that I erred. I can't be saved if I won't admit that I'm lost. Okay, I, I need to see my need of salvation. And uh, until I'm willing to humble myself, and this generation in Egypt would not humble themselves. And until I'm willing to humble myself, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. This generation persisted in rebellion having rejected the prophets and the word of God. Uh, verse number 10, despite God's evident judgment, they refused that humility. And without humility, they could not be helped. And that's what God is speaking to that group through Jeremiah. And so then the next section is dealing with God's certain judgment because of their rebellion. Again, verse number 11, there's the word therefore. Okay, so... The first, therefore, was pointing them back to the judgments that had come in, in Judah. And uh, now this, therefore, is pointing them to the fact that they are persisting in rebellion despite what they have seen. And so he says, therefore, because of that rebellion, therefore, say, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will set my face against you for evil and to cut off all Judah." Now, that's an interesting statement. I will set my face against you for evil to cut off all Judah. That's an interesting study in the word of God. What, what God is, is saying is because you have rebelled, I'm going to turn my face from you and I'm going to give you my back and not my face. And there's an interesting study through the word of God about the importance of, of the blessing of the Lord or the face of God. And I want to just give you a few verses. There are many others that we can give, but I, I want to just show this so you can see. God said to that generation, I'm going to give you or set my face against you for evil. Go with me 
uh, to Psalm 80. Okay, to Psalm 80. We'll look up a, a few psalms here. And uh, you notice here the, the prayer of the psalmist in Psalm 80. Uh, look with me here in verse 3. Here's the prayer of the psalmist. Psalm says, Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Okay, so the psalmist is recognizing that they are not in living in the blessing of God, not living in the face of God. Uh, verse 7, he says, Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And then in verse number 19, the psalm uh, concludes, Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Now God said, I will set my face against you for evil. And the shining of God's face speaks of God's favor. It speaks really of a state of revival. Now go with me to the book of, of Daniel for just a moment. Uh, Daniel. And we'll, we'll come back to Psalms here in just a bit. But go with me to Daniel chapter 9. Now understand the, the book of Daniel uh, is uh, taking place at the end of the captivity of uh, the, the nation and uh, in Babylon. And I want you to see the prayer of Daniel. Daniel is fasting and he's praying. And what Daniel is doing is, is notice in verse 3 of Daniel chapter number 9 and verse 3. And Daniel says, I will set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. God, or Daniel says, I'm going to put my face or I'm going to seek uh, the Lord. But notice in, in this prayer of Daniel, verse 17, Daniel 9 and verse 17. Here Daniel prays, Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear, hear, open thine eyes, behold our desolations, the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, hearken, and do, defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin, the sin of my people, uh, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision of the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And so Daniel prayed for revival. He's praying again for the favor of God upon his nation. He's praying for the face of God to come again to his nation. Now, I, I think, uh, go with me to Second Chronicles. I think you can see a very uh, close relationship to what is happening in America today. And, and I think it is very evident that the face of God is turning against this nation. I think it's very clear that the favor of God is being removed from this nation, uh, just as the favor of God was being removed from the land of Judah. 
why would we leave $85 billion in Afghanistan of equipment? Why would we ignore what's happening across the world? The face of God is being turned against this nation. And it's very evident that the hand of God is being removed in God's favor. And, and so I want you to see here Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. And uh, here's what, uh, what God says to... to um, uh, Solomon, as Solomon is dedicating the temple of the Lord. And in verse number 12, 2 Chronicles 7, you're familiar with this passage. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night. And suddenly I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself or in house of sacrifice. God said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. God said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray... But notice this, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, will heal their land. Now why is the face of God turned away from his people? It's because of their sin. It's because of their rebellion. And so God says, when my face is turned against you, my judgment will come upon the land. And when that happens, if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. That's what God is calling this generation through Jeremiah to. He's calling that generation uh, to turn from their sin, to turn from their idolatry, and again to seek the face of God in their lives. That's uh, their prayer. Now let's go back to, to Psalms. And there are several different Psalms that uh, we'll look at. And uh, in Psalm, I want you to look with me, Psalm 13. Psalm 13. And you'll notice this principle throughout the Word of God, the importance of the blessing of God. Uh, you know, I, 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 my family, I want God's face. I want God's blessing upon my family. Uh, here at Valley Bible Baptist Church, I, I want the face of God. I want the presence of God. I want the favor of God here upon our lives. Uh, I don't want to go through emotions and just play church. Um, but we need the favor of God. Uh, we need God's favor. And we mentioned that the favor of God is being removed from this nation. Uh, the face of God. Look in Psalm 13, Psalm 13, and uh, look at verse number one. Uh, here the psalmist, David, he's praying, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? Uh, here in, in Psalm 31, Psalm 31, uh, Psalm 31, looking at the face of God. Look in verse 16, Psalm 31. Here the psalmist, again, David prays, make thy face to shine upon thy servant. He says, save me for thy mercy's sake. In Psalm 67, Psalm 67, verse number 1. Psalm 67, verse 1, God said, uh, uh, Psalm, the psalmist said, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Selah, that thy way may be made known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Uh, the face of God, the favor of God. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 135, Psalm 119 and verse 135. Uh, here the psalmist said, Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. And in Isaiah 59, verse number 2, God makes it very clear that the face of God is removed because of sin. Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your sins have hidden his face from you, is what Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2 uh, declare. Uh, let me give you one more verse here before, before we move on. Go to Numbers chapter number 6, Numbers chapter 6.
And you'll see, again, the importance of the face of God, the favor of God in life. In Numbers chapter 6, uh, verse number 24, number 6, verse number 24, uh, here, um, as uh, the Lord, verse 22, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, to his son, saying, On this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, saying to them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Uh, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Do you see the face of God, the importance of God's face? Now, go back to Jeremiah 44 uh, with me. And see, this is what has happened, and this is what God is warning about. Uh, God said, I have set my face against you for evil. Uh, why? Because the nation had turned to idolatry. They turned away from God. And so now God turns his favor away from that nation. And in doing so, God allowed them to face the judgment. The land of Judah had been left desolate because God had turned his face against them. God had turned his favor against them. Uh, can, I, can I say this uh, as a nation here in the United States? Uh, without the favor of God, there's no hope. See, all, all the weapons of war can do nothing without God's favor, without God's face, without God's presence. Uh, and I, I look back upon the history of this nation, and uh, if you look at uh, the foundations, you will find God's hand and blessing because many came to the United States seeking God. They came seeking God's favor. They came seeking religious freedom. They came seeking the favor of God. Uh, many of them fled from persecution in, in, in uh, Europe. And they came to the United States seeking the favor of God, the face of God, and how good God has been to this nation. But when a nation turns away from God, turns to idolatry, the hand of God is removed, the favor of God. And the only way to gain that back is that principle, if my people called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. That's where the favor of God is found. It's found in the blessing of God. Let me give you one more passage to close. Jeremiah, go back to chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. Now, what we are, are in Jeremiah 44, uh, we, uh, we are now, God has brought judgment. This is the warning that God has given through Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 44, the judgment of God has come. Now there's a remnant left in the land of Egypt. And God is warning this remnant that uh, he's judged previously. But notice what God said in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse number 15. God said, because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to vanity, they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in paths in a way not cast up, to make their land desolate in a perpetual hissing, Every one that passeth by shall be astonished and wag his head. God said, I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Then said they, come and let us devise devices against Jeremiah, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word of the prophet. Come and let us smite him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. Now, you see, God gave warning, but they rejected that warning. 
And now in Jeremiah 44, they're experiencing the consequence. God has turned the back and not the face to his people because they have rejected the Lord. Now that, uh, that ought to be a good strong warning how we need God's face, God's grace, God's favor, God's protection, God's blessing, God's provision, God's healing. How we need that. I don't know about you, but life without the Lord is pretty empty. It's pretty vain. You can gain all the wealth this world has to offer, but without God's favor, what good is it? Without God's touch, what good are possessions? What good is wealth? So my plea here today, just in closing, is I hope that you will seek the face of God and seek the favor of God, and seek the blessing of God. I always uh, prayed as my children were young, Lord, I need your favor. I remember praying. I remember bringing Andrew home from, we, he wasn't born in a hospital, but a birthing clinic. I remember holding that little guy. I remember thinking, God, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I, I mean, his eyes are open. Cats, their eyes are closed. I've got a baby and his eyes are already open. God, what I do? I, I don't know. And I remember saying, Lord, I need your favor. I need you. I need your grace. I prayed that many times here. It's been 30, 40 years ago. I had the privilege of coming here to Española to Valley Bible Baptist. Had no idea what to do. I remember visiting my first time visiting the hospital. I had no idea uh, what hospital etiquette was. Nobody had ever, I, I remember over and over, just remember the first baptism. I'd never baptized. Nobody had taught me. I had to read a book to find out how to baptize. And I remember just reading that first wedding. I forgot to have the couple kiss each other at the end of it. And, and so mistake after mistake. And I remember over and over just praying, God, I need your face. I need your favor. I can't do it. I don't know how. I need you. And we still need the Lord. Amen. We need God. We need him with our families. We need him here at our church. We need his face. We need his favor. I'll close with that. Father, thank you.